Hey, you. To be this good, thanks, Sega. Greetings to Sega fans around the world. Seasonal or otherwise, it's us, the Sega guys, with another unscripted, unrehearsed present for your Sega stockings. I'm Dan, the Mega Driver. Where you find me, you'll find the bootleg sampler to my Sega Flash. It's James the Sega-holic. How you doing, mate? I'm brilliant, mate. Aye, two, two legendary demo discs there, mate. <laughs> um, if, if people haven't checked out the, the title of the show already, then that tells you where we might be going. But aye, I'm brilliant, mate. How's yourself? Very good, mate. Very good. Um, it's crazy to think that we're recording our Winterfest episode for our good friends at Radio Sega already. Always enjoy doing these. It's always a laugh, and um, yeah, it's it's always a, a pleasure to be on on, their, on this seasonal segment of ours. That's crazy. You think it's what a third one now? A third know, one, yeah. Uh, I mean, where's, where the hell is that going? And obviously, we had the, the hiatus that was in there as well, which kind of took six months away um, from a recording. But at the same time, you know, a third a third winter fest. I remember. Whenever we got offered to do the first one, and we were absolutely yeah. buzzing. We were in our infancy as a podcast, and yeah. you know, here we are, three years later. Part of the furniture now, mate. We're just part of the old uh, Christmas decorations that Sega Radio Sega pulled down from the loft, blow the dust off it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, stick that in the tree. Stick that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm great, mate. Um, Obviously, we're recording this fairly early, so loving the Mega Drive Mini. I think uh, I think our viewers and listeners will know that we've been loving that recently. But uh, a lot more Sega goodness to come for the second half of the year. By the time this goes out, I'm pretty sure I'll be knee-deep in Sonic Frontiers. I've got that on pre-order today. Yeah, I've seen John Lineman also had a little cheeky look what I found. <laughs> at, uh... The Switch version earlier on as well, and obviously the, at the time of recording, the soundtrack apparently leaked as well, but Radio Sega, you know, fair play to them, have said that they're not going to ruin it and, you know, put it onto their playlist early. They're going to wait for the release to, to do it properly, so fair play. It's the right way to do things, but yeah, I mean, Sonic Frontiers is coming oh. even today. You know, we've, we've had a couple of, you know, collaboration offers as well that we're working on, so yeah. in terms of ourselves, mate, we are on fire and, and just raring to go more content i mean we're recording this for winterfest it's the start of november <laughs> <laughs> um we've got recordings lined up all the way through to christmas and we've got shows in the bag obviously to take us all the way through to the end of the year so i it's all systems go at the sega guys yeah some fantastic collaborations lined up some really exciting video content coming down so whether you're listening on radio sega whether you're checking us out on youtube there is a lot to be excited about. And yeah, those collaborations, very excited about those, mate. But equally excited to talk about Winterfest today. So I know, I, th- I think when we were talking about this one, we did try and think whether we could get a, a, a AAA superstar to come on and do a, a Winterfest episode with us. Unfortunately, Arnold's Fortunoker wasn't available for us for this Winterfest episode. But when we were thinking about Christmas, we all love presents. We all love getting something, getting a gift, getting something for free. What's the best gift? It's a, it's a game, isn't it? And, you know, what's the best free games that you get? They're Sega Saturn demo discs, aren't they? So <laughs> when we're talking about Christmas presents, free gifts, the greatest gifts all around, they're those Sega Saturn discs. So, yes, mate, I think we're going to talk through uh, some of those, some of our favourites, some of those highlights that uh, really stuck out to us through the, the Sega Flash, Sega bootleg sample years. 
I know, certainly. I mean, it's, it's the, the kind of the, the flash demo discs are ones that I've put on my Fenrir um, a couple of months ago, and it was great to just go through them again. And, and they did bring back a lot of memories, um, especially the music, which you'll have heard playing in the background of the the kind of intro segment there. Um, and just yeah, it's it's quite interesting, and, and we'll talk about this as we go through them. You know, obviously. Earlier on, you had a kind of deluge of, of playable demos and a kind of mixture of videos, but as time went on, it kind of focused more on videos. But then on the later discs, there was some videos that gave you hope for games that were coming that never did. So um, the Flash demo discs are, are very much, um, I think, if you owned a Saturn and supported it in its day, they're, they're very much something that became something to look forward to. They became a kind of event in themselves, whether you got it with the console as a pack-in, whether you got it with Sega Saturn magazine, or Sega Power demo discs. There was, you know, Christmas nights, which was lying on a table outside the electronics and taking <laughs> curries. Take one, you know, I'd go back in a DeLorean and take 20 of them if I could. I'll take uh, 100, I can sell them for 15 quid each in 2022. <laughs> Did you pub? <laughs> yeah. What about Christmas nights? Well, Christmas nights, Mike, fifteen pound each, fee for forty. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right, mate. They're so intrinsically tied to that whole Sega Saturn experience of the nineties. I mean, one of the things, and I've seen it a lot on the PlayStation side as well, because it came. It's it's, it's a big thing about displaced consoles in that era. When you bought your PlayStation, you bought it with demo one, um, and the, I just mentioned PlayStation because obviously PlayStation is so popular. So well thought of and you see it a lot and the same goes for the sake of Saturn and there are not as many people mention it because obviously PlayStation is a lot more ingrained in the public consciousness but things like the bootleg sampler the Sega Flash discs they really were an intrinsic part of the experience because when you first brought that, that Sega Saturn home and you, you, you and I both had a few bundled games of our ones but once you played those, you know, you always wanted more. And that's where those demo discs <laughs> came into it. That's it. I mean, obviously, looking at it, whenever um, I got the one, also my uncle bought it at launch, and it was Virtua Fighter that was packed in. But you had the bootleg sampler that came along as well. So that was like the first time I'd experienced like, Sega Alley at home, you know, and even that in itself, just that the kind of, again, I've got that one family and I managed to obtain a, a, a ROM for that. And, just seeing the the crumpled paper, kind of the brown paper sort of menu they've got there with the the bootleg sampler, kind of red ink stamp on there, and you know the, the the logos for all the games that are on it, and just just brings back so many great memories just of that time. So yeah, yeah. it's the PlayStation ones as you mentioned, mate. I think obviously they got a disc every month on on official PlayStation magazine, and I think the benefit that they had was they had. A, a ton of software. There was that many games from first and third parties that they had tons to pick from. Sometimes there was a lot of crap on them. Sometimes they were kind of not bad, kind of big releases. Like your, your, I remember Tekken 3 at one point got that kind of fancy glossy black kind of CD jewel case with a Tekken 3 sticker and it was all very fancy and all the way it was done. But the, the thing I remember most about the flash discs was that the, the kind of the early ones did did give you a real sense of wow, where is this platform going? You know, the stuff that was on it was just incredible, and we're, we're going to talk through some of our favourites uh, on this one. Yeah, uh, I think 
you make a good point there about the the sheer volume of, of PlayStation games. But I think in those, especially when you're talking 95, 96, there were certainly almost as many Sega Saturn games as there were PlayStation games. I think the difference was that Sega were a lot more content to, to put their, their marquee titles there, their AAA games, so to speak, on the discs. Whereas, you know, as you said, just with PlayStation, they'd chuck, any, chuck anything on there, you know, <laughs> you'd get all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff on there. And, you know, some some stuff like, um, what was it? There's, there's uh, I think it's Excalibur 2550-something I ended up enjoying on a demo disc from the PlayStation back in the day. But that's like, you look at the sort of stuff, and we will get to the games when we talk through the various various discs that you used, used to get, at least from a s official Sega Saturn perspective, those games were consistently excellent quality um you i don't think you could you could you know knock any of them because you know even even revisiting these making even you know replaying them researching for this episode there were there was a few surprises in there mm -hmm. i mean if you're looking at the bootleg sampler bootleg sampler can you get words it there alone um which is kind of first one that i remember looking at it, you've got we'll get list here so playable demos wise you had you know, Bug, Sega Rally, World Series Baseball, and Clockwork Night 2. For videos, you had Daytona USA, NHL, All-Star Hockey, Virtua Fighter 2, Mysteria, Panzer Dragoon, Virtua Corp, Wing Arms, uh, and there's something on here I can't even pronounce it. It might be some German video, it looks like. <laughs> but, you know, it's... That, for me, is the ones I said where, where Sega Rally jumps out. But also... The Virtua Fighter 2 video to get a glimpse of that, and it's just basically a, a watch mode that it loads up. Yeah. Um, and some of the hitboxes aren't intact in it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you can see like all the throws connect, but whenever they're trying to punch, like you'll see Jeffrey swinging a punch at Cage, and he's he's hitting them, but there's no reaction. So the hitboxes aren't there yet, but the throws all work. So Jeffrey's picking you up, flinging you about, and it's the energy bars are going down, but the, the punches and kicks are doing nothing. Um, and it does have a little warning to say it's not been PAL optimized yet, so this isn't the full speed it will run at whenever you play it. But again, just to get that sort of early doors, it did feel very much like a, yes, you see, you enjoyed Virtua Fighter just now, but this is what's coming, you know, and it, it was a great glimpse forward to see. You did really feel playing the bootleg sampler especially that oh this, this system's going places this is this is a powerhouse you know look what we're going to get you know soon um so that that's the kind of the one that sticks out to me the most kind of memory wise is, is the bootleg sampler but you're right mate they, they weren't afraid to put the kind of big first party games on demo discs you know it was some might say that's because that's all they had because you know sega were very much with the start that was relied heavily on first party as, as third party support kind of dwindled quite quickly as we know but I mean looking through the list of the discs here they were very spaced out but yeah. they were packed with great stuff they absolutely were and I think even that bootleg the very first bootleg sample the games that you just listed there that playable World Series Baseball Sega Rally Clockwork Night 2 and Bug were kind of marquee titles for 1995 I mean obviously Sega Rally was but World Series Baseball and you know, I'm, I'm not a massive advocate of the sport, and I, I'm not sure if you are either. But it is one of those games that's you know considered the best 
reflections of, of that sport. So very, very well regarded. I do actually have that and the second with the sequel. And even though I'm not a fan of baseball, it's one of those games that kind of transcends the sport and is very good. Um, so yeah, that's one of their top titles. Bug as well. Bug, another game that, you know, back in 90s, it's, it's easy for people to look at it now, especially, you know, post Mario 64. But I looked at Bug and I thought, and I think we mentioned this on the Saturn Mini episode, I thought this is what a 3D platformer should look like. And it's still a lot of fun and still an excellent looking game. So big hitters right out the gate there. And as you say, you know, if you're picking up your your, your brand new Sega Saturn in 1995, you've got your Virtua Fighter 1, um, you've got Daytona and you've got Clockwork Night on. And then you see this on the horizon. I think that's a great advert for, for the system itself. I mean, so I it was it was you know as I say you've you've got Virtua Fighter one there and you've loaded this up and then you're kind of looking at it and you're going it's a great indication about you know where the system's going what kind of games you've got on the horizon coming you know so as much as there's a bit of a kind of a malignant of the the Saturn that you know that only came with Virtua Fighter you know and then there was talk about the remix obviously we got that for free and that was kind of coming down the pipeline but kind of Saturn do 3D texture polygons and then. You know, you're, you're loading this demo disc up, and you're seeing where you're going. So it was a, you know, bootleg sampler was a great indication. And then, as we look, as we said through the the flash volumes that came, they were very spaced out. But the level of quality that was on there was was pretty remarkable. Yeah, because I, I I personally never did have the uh, experience of the bootleg sampler when it came out. So my first experience of a Sega Saturn demo disc was Sega Flash, which we'll get onto. But I can only imagine. And I think this is some of the stuff that's kind of lost through like the revisionism and kind of looking back in that people can't really relive that moment. But if you're playing Virtua Fighter, and Virtua Fighter to me, and we've both said this so many times, that Virtua Fighter was mind-blowing back in 1995. And same with Daytona. And those people like to say when it compared to Ridge Racer, it didn't look as great. Obviously, we, we feel differently. They achieve on different levels. But putting that to the side, you've got Daytona, and then you've got a disc that's got this this sample of, of Sega Rally on. You've got Virtua Cop on there. Uh, you know, it's not an interactive demo, but it's a demo on the left. You've got Clockwork Night 2, which is, you know, a visual bump from Clockwork Night. You've got all this brilliant stuff coming down the pipes. Um, and it's weird, when you look back at some of this stuff, and you look at the stuff that said on Games Master and Dominic Diamond said the struggling Saturn is struggling for games, or bad influence that didn't look too favourably on, on the Saturn, uh, and all these outlets that, that you know, and all the Saturn is struggling for software, and you, you, you look at this demo, you say, oh, did you not look at this little this little CD that actually came with the console? It's got, it's got some pretty exciting stuff on there, let me tell you. I, I mean, especially whenever um, you've seen the footage now of Bad Influence, you know, it's been, I think, was it Sharker retweeted yeah. it or put it out on their account, and it's Andy Crane, you know, ripping open the PlayStation 1, um, you know, demo disc, or the, demo, the PlayStation 1 package, and he's ripping it apart like a five-year-old at Christmas, and he's flinging this and that, and then he goes, oh, demo disc. And it's like, well, did you not rip the Saturn packaging apart? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Find the demo disc to enjoy as well. <laughs> Um, so I, it's, it's just you know you're, you're looking at these these demo discs coming down the line, these games that are on this, and you're thinking you know it's great to see where it's going. And then obviously Flash Volume One, you know, kind of replaced. Obviously you're down the line, you're looking at games from kind of '96. Yeah. But like Sampler was a more of a kind of a launch, but teasing what's to come. Then you get to Flash Volume One, um, you've got Baku Baku Animals, the mighty Panzer Dragoons Vi. Golden Axe the Jewel, Sega Rally again, you know, um, 
and then you've only got two actual rolling demos which are Euro 96 and Virtua Fighter 2 again so again you're bringing in stuff like Golden Axe of Jewel I really like Golden Axe of Jewel it's a bit of, a bit of hate but actually actually I like the, the way that it, again it's got that kind of Guardian Hero style the camera going in and out loading times are a bit on the kind of wonky side but you know it, I actually enjoy it. Oh, mate, I love Golden Axe of Jewel. And <laughs> I think it's one of these things. So, as I said, I kind of missed Bootleg Sampler 1 at the time. And so um, I look at it and I look back at what Sega Saturn was doing. I think that's, a, you know, if I was a Sega Saturn owner then, I would have been amazed. Sega Flash Volume 1 was the version that I got with my Sega Saturn, knowing I got mine in 1996. And, you know, I got Sega Rally, Daytona, and, and Virtual Fighter 2, which I was in love with all three. Uh, at the time, but still found time to put that disc in there, and and surprise, surprise, I pretty much love absolutely everything on there. Now, the Virtual Fighter Two demo, I don't think I even, I don't think to this day I've even tried because I actually got the full game bundled with my with my console. But uh, Baku Baku played it and loved Golden Axe to Jewel, though I completely agree with you, mate. As someone that loves. SNK games, Samurai Showdown, uh, loves their fighting games. I know a lot of people say that it kind of is bland and uninspired, and yeah, maybe it's lacking in the originality stakes, but, you know, it's got the six-button Street Fighter layout, your top three are punches, your bottom three are kicks, light, heavy, medium. You've got, you know, a very Samurai Showdown-like um, sort of camera panning, zooming in and out, which is an amazing advertisement for how good the Sega Saturn was at 2D stuff back then. And then you've got the kind of... Oh, I love I love the way that the, the the magic is your super bar, so to speak. So you pick up... It's just like, you know, the, the, the classic beat-up games where you, you know, kick the crap out of the little gnomes <laughs> as they're coming across the screen. Yeah, give me some of that magic potion, mate. Your super bar goes up and you can do your super moves on the... I thought... I'm a massive fan of Golden Axe Jewel, mate. I absolutely love it. I didn't pick it up until later because it was hard to get hold of. And surprise, surprise, it's extremely expensive, even a few years ago. So I've got Shocker. a Japanese, yeah, I've got a Japanese <laughs> version now, and yeah, I, I really love Golden Axe Jewel, mate. So I agree there. Aye, no, I had a lot of fun with that, and um, obviously, Panzer Dragoon's Vi speaks for itself. You know, it's we've spoken about that many times on this show. It's part of 1996's lineup. We're going to talk about it a lot more, and obviously starting the year's 96, which is going to come obviously next year. Um, but I and then you've got Euro 96, which is a game I got with my bundle for my own Saturn, you know, uh, at Christmas 96. Again, we've spoke about it, you know, um, it will be previously because the World Cup show has just been at yeah. the time your people <laughs> will be listening to this. So um, Euro 96 got a lot of love on that. And, and rightly so at the time again it was a lot of fun tied in well with a tournament that obviously we'd, we'd just had in the summer so I it's again a, a lot to love on there you know Virtua Fighter 2 is another rolling demo so they're just kind of teasing that ahead again that, that was the big hitter I know we've, we're talking about the big three but I still think VF2 or, of the three is still the kind of that was the marquee one they were building everything towards that I think you know because of the criticism that, that VF1 had got from not so much the media at the time, because we've already spoken about how Edge 
10 out of 10 first next generation game remix came along and then the kind of narrative has been that oh Sega were ashamed of EF1 so they gave you that mm. um, whenever it was really just a test bed so VF2 still on there as a rolling demo um, but you know you then go forward again to, to volume 2 and you're getting more big hitters coming in playable a couple of bits of repetition but again some kind of rolling demo videos of more new titles so you know you've got playable wise you've got athlete kings zvai makes another appearance baku baku animal again sega worldwide soccer 97 comes into play and of course the mighty knights into dreams makes an appearance as a playable demo i mean knights is a playable demo yeah, i know <laughs> <laughs> And this one came out with uh, issue uh, issue 12 of Sega Saturn magazine. So this was the first magazine-specific disc. Um, I mean, Baku Baku and Panzer have been repeats again. Uh, I can't begrudge that. For both of those, when it came to Sega Flash Volume 1, they were probably my two most played demos. <laughs> um, that, and they both led to me buying the game Panzer Dragoon the most because that... I think that's almost the perfect demo that stage three where you're going through the forest and the, the music is perfect um, and you fight that that boss at the end which uh, as a kid as a team you know terrified and thrilled me more than anything I'd seen it was uh, you know really swinging through the trees and also that, that sort of stuff I was like I have to have this game so I was a Panzer Dragoon fan from that point see I can't begrudge them having Baku Baku and Panzer Dragoon on there again and they'll There'll be a few more repetitions on there, mate, as we go through these, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, Flash 1 and 2 were also the discs that used the same UI as the Japanese demo discs as well. So I'm not sure, I've not played all the Japanese ones, I'm not sure if they amended their UI, but whenever you run Flash Volume 1 and 2, you actually see the Japanese Sega Saturn logo in the background. Yeah. And the UI for for Flash 1 and 2 is really nice, you know, you get the the kind of tunnel going towards these kind of what looks like bulk doors in a spaceship and they open yeah. up and it, it's do 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 and then it's like, <laughs> there's like little like screens either side as it goes through the tunnel and then it comes into a main room and there's like a big rotating kind of globe in the middle of the room with all these tellies and as it turns around there's a game running on each of them, so that was really nice but you know, obviously, as we moved on to three, that's never the, the UK or Western kind of menu came at the four. Kind of the, the music and things like that. So, I, I mean, in terms of Flash Volume Two's rolling demos, we had Exhumed making its first appearance. Um, Story of Thor Two, Virtua Fighter Kids, and Three Dirty Dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Three Dirty Dwarves is still a game that I've not played to this day. Um, yeah, I've got it on the Fenrir now. It's one that I really need to get round to. Uh, one that I've always wanted to pick up, but even if you want to pick it up, Japanese or, or Western, it's hideously expensive. Um, I mean, there's a good friend on Twitter uh, who's called the Third Dwarf. I think he's got a uh, uh, a complete a complete Sega Saturn PAL collection. A uh, huge Sega Saturn fan. And very similar to us, mate, I've spoken before about, you know, people that begrudge the Saturn don't know the feeling of the excitement of playing these games, of seeing the rolling demos, of you know the anticipation and actually playing it, and when you get finally get your hands on it, these games didn't disappoint. And I think that's very true for again this this demo disc right here. Uh, you know we've spoken about Daytona uh, a few times, but you know Tomb Raider Virtual One, 
the other two newbies on here again massive massive games and uh really again showed the progress how how saturn games were progressing visually you had this you know the tomb raider obviously on the playstation as well but tomb raider was you know you can't understate the impact that that game had at the time and virtual one i think we've spoken before about the visual quality on that one and how it, it was a miracle that it got the arcade cab into a onto a sega Saturn disc <laughs> <laughs> Aye, I mean, Volume 3, um, Bug 2, Rolling Demo, Knights, another Rolling Demo, Virtua Cop 2 makes an appearance, Dark Saviour, Fighting Vipers and Mr Bones rounds off the, the video demos, and as you mentioned, Daytona USA CCE, Worldwide Soccer 97, once again, makes an appearance, Tomb Raider, as you said, in Virtual Lawn, and for me, the highlight of that disc is definitely Virtual Lawn, yeah. um, and again, remember seeing that for the first time and could not believe what I was seeing again you were you were hearing the kind of the rumblings and the kind of like, the gaming media you were picking up with like, CVG and other kind of like, multi-format gaming magazines you were going to school and you were kind of getting the, the PlayStation owners slagging you off oh certain kind of day 3D you don't <laughs> you don't want Virtua Fighter you want Tekken and all that kind of stuff um, and then you see Virtual On and get to actually get your hands on Virtual On and actually play it uh, and it was, it was a real, real visual feast. Uh, it's a brilliant, I think it's probably one of, everybody focuses on the kind of VF2 and Sega Rally and Last Bronx and stuff, but I think even though it got the twin sticks in Japan, I think Virtual On gets quite kind of unfairly overlooked over here. I don't think it gets quite the fanfare that it should. It's a bloody good port. Yeah, it really doesn't. Um, it gets, it, as you say, mate. It gets a lot more respect in Japan for what it did, and the team, the team worked a miracle. I think uh, I can't recall the uh, the main dev- lead developer's name on here now, and he was he was kind of cursing the Saturn for how difficult it was to port <laughs> Virtual on because it's a massively ambitious arcade game. It's not All like right. you know, if you're a racing game, you've got a linear track to drive through. If you're a fighting game, you've got your two fighters in your arena. And not to belittle anything that Sega Rally or Virtual Cop did, but you know, in terms of cutting back, you can make those cuts, and they are a little less obvious. Virtual One was two giant mechs fighting in these <laughs> huge, expansive arenas, and not only are they 3D, and the arenas have to be 3D, you can't really get around that. But then they're firing huge 3D missiles and laser beams at each other. So swords, laser yeah, swords. <laughs> Um, and yeah, the work that they did to get that on there was it was amazing. So yeah, what a, what a, a game to get on your demo disc, mate, because that's again another advert for what the Sega Saturn could do. I mean, you're looking at that. If you've got like those four demo discs at that point, now bear in mind, we were what teenagers. Like it's not as if like we are now working. You can go out and just pick a game up. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> that, that's a thing back then, kind of mid mid to late 90s you were relying on that that's what made demo this such an event because you were just in your teens you didn't have that income there you were relying on kind of like birthdays and christmases and kind of like generosity of, you know the odd wee is a wee bit of pocket money you put that towards a new game son that kind of stuff but so these demo discs were, were what you might have say 90 percent of us that that owned both a saturn and a playstation at that time who were that age group we relied on these demo discs that that was how you you got to try these games because maybe your indie stores might certainly Saturn wise there wasn't demo pods set up anywhere there was no I've spoken about that in private but there was no promotion 
locally in, in stores when it came to the Saturn. So these demo discs does give you the opportunity to get your hands on something new. And it's amazing how many times you would play these over and over again. You know, it would get to the end of it and they go again. You know, it was... Yeah. You've hit the nail on the head, mate. Um, because that's exactly what I used to do. I used to have a, a paper round. I've mentioned this before on the podcast all the way back to, I think, probably the very earliest episodes. But I had a paper round delivering, putting papers through people's letterboxes. £12 a week was what I used to get, which, you know, it wasn't too bad for, for a kid, but... That was my money to do whatever as a 13, 14, 13, 14 year old. And yeah, that was my my game money. So Sega, as I said, Sega Flash Volume 1 inspired me to get Panzer Dragoon's Vi. Uh, I didn't get that until 90, it would have been 97, I think, because I got my Saturn in 96. Um, but stuff like Baku Baku, I didn't actually get Baku Baku until 98 when I, you know, I'd got my Saturn modded and I actually got a Japanese disc only version because it was cheap and affordable, you know. <laughs> um, I didn't get the Golden Axe to Jewel until, as I said, uh, till much later on. But, you know, I certainly played that demo over and over and over and over again because, yeah, that was, that was the best way of sampling the wider part of the library because otherwise if you were relying on yourself buying those games. And that's... I think that's something that's missing today. It's something I loved about the Xbox 360 era was that almost every game had a playable demo of it. That's right. Aye. And that was that was amazing. I had so many free trials, free demos, whether it was an Xbox Live Arcade or whether there was you know, a, a demo for a AAA game. These days, would you, you get you you might get a, a beater if you pay a hundred pound for the latest Call of Duty or <laughs> <laughs> or if you pre order the game at Electronics Boutique or something or if you if you sign up for this or if you sign up for the beater and they're not they're not so much demos they're devs testing out the game and seeing you know testing their so they're not kind of like this they're not like you know a, a, a magical disc full of all these all these wares from the future that, you know, you, you won't be able to buy them all, but here's a sample that you can try and you can tell us which ones you like. Aye. I mean, the, the Xbox Live Arcade stuff, that's a great point. I mean, one of the stipulations that Microsoft placed at that time was that every Xbox Live Arcade game must have a free trial version. Yeah. So anything that came on, you knew you were at least going to get to try it. Yeah. Um, and demos were also a big thing, even for full-price games, especially around E3. The one that comes to mind straight away for that was actually Lost Planet. Yeah. And I remember there was a, such a big thing about, you know, you could download the first level of Lost Planet to, to enjoy it after E3. And I'm pretty sure it was still on my 360. I went through my purchase history on the 360 itself. And it was there, the, the E3. Was it E3 2006? Comes to mind. Um, and it was a demo from that. And it was the one that they showed on screen, you know, running through the big thick snow, there's a tower, yeah. and you take them out, and there's jump in the big mech, and you walk about <laughs> the turret cannons, and you go down into a wee cave, and there's all these things flying about, and they're pods, and you blow them up, so I, it's, it's a shame that, as you say, we, we're kind of going away for that, where you, you sign up to a beta, and these beaters have got conditions, and you need to, you know, you can buy this, you know, gold edition for 120 quid, which has got access to the beta, and stuff like that, so gaming's a lot more kind of restrictive now, you know, in terms of just allowing, especially, I think my nephew's at 16, same age that I was whenever I first got the Saturn, and 
you look at what he's got to do to get new content, if it's PS Plus or PS Now, whatever the subscription model they're using now, um, there's there's no real... Like obviously Xbox has got Game Pass, but he's not got that, so he's got a, a PS5. So you can put, they don't do like the kind of demo discs or stuff like that yeah. anymore. There's there's nothing like that. There's not any great abundance of like you're not going to get a God of War Ragnarok playing no. demo, for example. You know that that's never going to happen. So I, it's a shame that you kind of the like, the kitchen to die. Um, <laughs> I, I don't quite have that that kind of access to. You know, new big games as as any kind of just even a, a, a single level sample or a timed sample. Um, it would be nice to see them bring that back, but it's all about money, mate. It's if they can sell 120, 130 quid gold editions that have got these beaters built in as an enticer. What can you do? That's it, mate. I mean, it's like Xbox, as far as I'm aware, they don't have any sort of demo system set up. I mean, Game Pass exists, but their games are already out. They're not like the window to the future that, that these demo Aye. discs were. Aye. And PlayStation, well, PlayStation have got the new PlayStation Plus. What is it? The Platinum tier is the highest tier. And if you play for the Platinum tier, which is, what, 20 quid a month or something absolutely ludicrous, you do get access to demos, which 20... Just... Don't even get me started on that. It's out, out, absolutely outrageous. But it's a, it's a shame, mate. It's one of those things, yeah, I know. When you say, well, you, the youth for today, you, you don't even know you were born, mate. Um, but they, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they'll never know the kind of the magic of, you know, grabbing a brand new console and, wow, you've got this extra disc in there that's going to let you play games that either are, are, you can either buy now, but some of them aren't even out yet. Um, so yeah, it's 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 magical stuff, mate. And that's why it's it's why I think we wanted to talk about this topic today because these these demo discs had such a big imprint on our experience with the Saturn. Right, and then as you go on to Volume Four, again you're seeing some more kind of new games brought in, but you're starting to really at this point see the video aspect outweigh the playable demo part of it. Um, you know, video-wise on Flash Volume 4, you had a mock Daytona US, uh, sorry, a mock fighting uh, Fighters Mega Mix, Max TT Superbike, Saturn Bomberman, Sega Ages Volume 1, uh, and then I'll get to this last video because this, this, this is the one that, that really got me. Um, you've got uh, Mass Destruction, Scorcher, Sky Target. Playable-wise, you've got Sonic 3D, Flicky's Island, uh, Virtual On again, but the arcade videos, mate, you had Last Bronx, Sega Touring Car, and Virtua Fighter 3, which was kind of cruel because we only got two of them. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's uh, because Virtua Fighter 3 at this point, I think everyone had already assumed was coming to the Sega Saturn. And we have, you know, we spoke about this before, and I'd love to have seen how far that one got. But uh, God, what, what could have been with that one? Um, and it really is, uh, when you look back at it now, it kind of is a, a big tease and a little bit of heartbreak. You've got Virtua Fighter 3 that didn't come at all. You've got Sega Kurin Car, which, you know, I think as as we've played it more over the years, we've warmed to it a bit more. But there's, I don't think there can be any doubt that coming off of the back of Sega Rally and the Sega Rally team that did it, they, it was a disappointment. But Last Bronx, though, Last Bronx, fantastic, sat important in the end. But, I think again, when we're talking just now about seeing a window to the future, nothing exemplifies it better than that that video demo. Aye, and it's a touring car one that kind of sticks in my mind because against the music, 
because um, they didn't use the Avex tracks. I think it's just the Sega, the actual Sega music. And it's like... And it's on the second stage that the video shows you. And it's, it's um, like in a, the, the driver's perspective, not the behind the car. And the right up the back of an Alfa Romeo and get round in the mountains on your left hand side and you know the, the track with advertising the, the kind of the, the fencing on your, your right hand side you know obviously Last Blanc speaks for itself that was a very faithful port of Saturn but you know it was Virtua Fighter 3 that really was exciting about that one and at that point in time you were you know, reading the hints that were coming from Sega Saturn magazine, from CVG, from reading kind of, obviously, your, your other kind of multi-format magazines or things at the time, and they're saying, you know, Virtua Fighter 3 is coming, there was a hint about VF3 being worked on, and there was an accelerator cartridge, and, oh my goodness, like, VF2 is amazing, <laughs> but look what 3 looks like, and then it's, <laughs> sadly, we, we never, ever got it, but, yeah, I mean, Touring Card, you mentioned that we've warmed it over time, Um it's definitely one of those games where you need to play the Japanese version because the the, the PAL version at the 50 hertz is it's amazing what that that extra kind of wee boost and, and the kind of frame rate and speed does for it. It's still jerky. It still needs a 3D control pad to be remotely playable. You can't play it with the D-pad at all. You need to play it in manual transmission and go between fourth and sixth gear, apart from the last track. And even at that, the last track, even on the Japanese version or American version, can be pretty unplayable at times. You know, you're, you're heading towards those hairpins at speeds, and the stutter kind of kicks in just before the hairpins, and sometimes it can be quite jarring. You know, try to kind of take that last that last course. Um, but back in the day, mate, on the PAL version, I did finish first. I did somehow manage it. So <laughs> yeah, somehow, but. Aye, um, that that was definitely uh, that was probably the first kind of major kind of look to the future on the demo discs that you'd had at that point. Obviously, we spoke about Virtual On, which would be two uh, of the previous discs that we got that. Um, but looking at, at these, these were kind of three major, you know, two Model Two and, and a Model Three arcade game that were coming up, and you're sitting there thinking, "Is Saturn going to do Model Three? Is it?" <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, but as I said before, seeing, seeing you know, Virtual Fighter Three, seeing the eye movement in the attract mode, and and in the in that specific demo, you could see how how advanced it was, and the prospect of that coming to the Sega Saturn. I mean, one hand it was like, how how in the world are they going to do this? But on the other hand, it was extremely exciting. Um, and at this point, I hadn't played it, so it was uh, amazing to see. Um, so a massive hint of things to come. Aye, I mean, it didn't stop there. We've, we've still got three, three more of these these sampler discs to, to go through, and again, we're still seeing, albeit small, kind of introductions of new games. But again, Volume Five with Die Hard Arcade playable with Sega Rally again. That that was the kind of first real hint. I think it'll be a bit of desperation that they're bringing, you know, Sega Rally back on there. Um, Sonic 3D Flicky's Island, but then. We've got another new entry out of absolutely nowhere, Sonic Jam. This is a really interesting demo disc, and uh, this is one that I still have, and uh, one that, I, in fact, I don't think I played one, uh, two, three, and four back in the day. Uh, I think I've had to rely on the Fenrir for those. But Volume Five is one that I've I've, I've enjoyed getting the uh, getting my old Kit Kat. All my demo discs are actually in here. 
uh, and have been for <laughs> for the last <laughs> 26 years. Um, but yeah, uh, I've still got my Sega Flash Volume 5 and Die Hard Arcade was the most played version game on there. Um, again, another one where I ended up buying the game on the back of it, um, which again, it was the Japanese version, but there we go. Uh, Sonic 3D as well, I absolutely loved that, and I think I've talked about that before, that I played that demo to death. Uh, loved, you know, that gave you the first act of the first stage and the special stage, so that was that was absolutely fantastic stuff. But the Sonic Jam demo, so obviously this is a, this is a 1997 disc, which you rightly say, mate, that's when we're starting to see the third party for the support for the Sega Saturn kind of fall away a tiny little bit. Um, but Sonic Jam is an interesting demo because it's all the Japanese version. So it's a it's a huge demo, by the way, because you get to play the, the Sonic Jam section, which is going into the various. You go in, you get the UI with four carts, and those four carts are all they've all got the Japanese artwork on. Uh, now it's all just crammed into it so it's not power optimized like the power sonic jam will be with not just the power artwork but full screen um and closer to full speed but it's fully boarded uh, a little bit slower you can tell it's a little bit laggier through going through the menu but seeing the japanese car art really is quite interesting when you're doing that and then the the cherry on the top of that one is obviously the sonic's world it was playable as well um and uh, that really was a huge tease because you just get one one minute to run around That's that right. 3D environment. Yep. All right. And you had that make the absolute most of it. Yeah. You know, but, <laughs> but again, you're sitting there, you're thinking, this is what a, a 3D Sonic game could be like. You know, again, it was, obviously we all know what happened. You know, Sonic 3 got cancelled and there never ever would be a 3D Sonic game so this was the kind of the closest to I think there's a fan project out there just now to, to kind of remake a Sonic game using the Sonic World kind of there is kind of interface I so, think that I think it's on PC that one I think it's it's a PC game but it's using obviously the Sonic World's Sega Saturn assets I'd love to see I'd love to see a, a Sonic game made on the Sega Saturn with those assets but wait maybe one day we can, but dream, mate. The fan community are doing some amazing stuff, so oh yeah, hey, you never know. Um, but you were talking about obviously kind of 3D support as well. So in terms of um, you know video demos on Volume Five, where Duke Nukem 3D, one of the Saturn's most revered, you know, first-person shooters, lobotomy doing great work. Last Bronx, um, the Saturn version, Wipeout 2097, big hit PlayStation game. I still think it's a great version. Um, Dragon Force, Enemy Zero, and Resident Evil um, are on there, along with a, a Sega Touring Car Championship Saturn demo. So, a wee bit of kind of third-party stuff still in there um, for stuff to come, but you're definitely seeing, as I said before, that the video aspect is starting to outweigh the playable side. But again, what you did get the playable side—that that Sonic Jam demo was just that—that that made that disc worth it alone. Yeah, I think it did, mate. But. Um... Do you know what? You, you're right about the video demos, but I have to admit, when when it came to Sega Flash Volume One and other demos I played at the time, I probably normally watch. You know, we talked about the arcade video, and I watched that a fair bit. But uh, when I watched, when I had this Sega Flash Volume Five, the Resident Evil demo, the Sega Touring Card demo, the Dragon Force demo, and the Last Bronx demo, 
I watched those over and over and over again. Resident Evil the, the most. I think at this point I played it on the, the, the PlayStation. And then so I was so excited about playing it on the Sega, finally owning it myself on the Saturn. Uh, Sega Touring Car, again, so hyped for that. Dragon Force was one. I was like, oh, what's this? And then I was like, oh, look, how many sprites on this screen? So <laughs> I've still, still got the demo music in my head from watching that. Um, and that, that's the thing as well. The, the music that accompanied these, the, these demos again, were said are so ingrained that even that you sound so stupid. That, how can this sound? I mean, I've owned so many PlayStation demo discs. I can't remember music for them. <laughs> but from these Saturn ones, like they just trigger little, little kind of memories. Um, but I mean, you're talking about watching these demo discs over and over again. I mean, I've already mentioned on this podcast in the past the embarrassment of the Amiga Street Fighter 2 demo <laughs> so at least you weren't playing Last Bronx's video and pretending you were playing it you know this is this is true mate this is true I think the, the Resident Evil demo is quite interesting again because it, again it's the Japanese version and I think from memory it's been a while since I've brewed it up but I think there is some extra like scenes in that demo that aren't in the Western version because the Western version is edited. I'll, I'll need to check, but that's how I remember it at least. But that one, what a disc! What, what a disc, but indeed, yeah. And I mean, number six again, you're starting to see some new demos coming through. Uh, we had Worldwide Soccer '98 make its, its uh, flash debut, Steep Slope Sliders, mate. What a game that is. Sega Touring Car gets a playable demo, and then for your videos, it was Enemy Zero, uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga, NBA Action 98, Sonic R makes its first flash appearance, and The Lost World Jurassic Park as well. Um, from memory, The Lost World Jurassic Park was, an, was that, the, that was the arcade demo again. Uh, I think, I've got a feeling that this was actually like the, the, the 2.5D platformer that was, was on the Saturn, yeah. Yeah, uh, this is one that I don't have that much experience with. Mm. Okay, another one no. I've had to play on the Femur, I didn't play it back in the day. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I, and we'll come on to number seven in a minute. But um, for some reason, for some reason, I, I recall seeing that Panzer Dragoon Saga rolling demo before, because in terms of timeline, this Panzer Dragoon Saga demo came before the disc one and before, obviously, Sega Fast uh, 7, which I did have. Um, but I remember seeing it fairly early. I can't remember how. I think maybe a friend had it, or but I remember watching it, and it was just literally just the opening cinematic, which is you know when you boot the game up, you get that intro. Um, but that was at the time absolutely spellbinding. <laughs> uh, with that music again, yeah, you know it's. Um, so I as I was wondering if the Lost World because this is this isn't one I remember too much playing uh, Volume Six. As I was wondering. If perhaps a lost world would have been another tease that again you know maybe another light gun game but i if it was the the old kind of 2.5d platformer then less said the better yeah <laughs> uh, um, but again mate number seven uh a lot of repetition here we get steep slope sliders and sega touring car again we do get another nba action 98 and sonic car rolling demo um, Panzer Dragoon Saga gets another rolling demo. Shining Force 3 makes an appearance. Uh, Winter Heat, Burning Rangers, and The House of the Dead make, yeah. make appearances as um, video demos as well. 
Yeah, the House of the Dead one is uh, it's quite funny. Um, do you remember what it looks like? Have you booted up recently that that rolling demo? Not recently, but I'm going to guess that it was not uh, quite Saturn footage. It was Saturn. Oh, oh, it was absolutely Saturn footage. Uh, the problem is that um, you you select the monitor, and then it moves back from the monitor. And this tiny little screen in the corner there has got the has got the attract mode and the first stage footage. So, you know, those 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 low quality textures and any other unsightly things are kind of hidden by the fact that the window is shrunk down to about a fifth ah. of the TV size. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I've already mentioned the kind of um, exchange that I had on on YouTube comments yeah. a while ago with one of the guys that worked at Tantalus and worked on the port and the constraints that they had and the time pressure they had to get that port done um, so aye, that's maybe a wee bit of kind of cheek on Sega's part we'll just make the window really tiny <laughs> yeah. like, they won't notice yeah the re- the rest of that one though mate uh, again that's another one and this was Sega Saturn Magazine's very last Sega Flash demo disc the very last cover disc that they would have Um but Shining Force 3 was one rolling demo that I watched over and over and over again. Um, Winter Heat, not so much. The other ones, I think, but I'm trying to think of the timeline for this, but I think some of these like Burning Rangers I bought and release. The House of the Dead I bought and release. Winter Heat at the time I bought that and release. But Shining Force 3, I was extremely excited about. Um, now, this one I did actually play. Obviously, we're talking about the repetition on here. I did play Sega Touring Car Championship and Steep Slope Sliders for the very first time, even though they were on Sega Flash Volume 6. Um, Sega Touring Car, I was rubbish at it and I couldn't get to grips with it. And I kind of, you know, played that demo, saw the reviews, and kind of just quietly sidled it off. Um, Steep Slope Sliders, well, though, um, and I'm sure you remember, you know, that kind of mid 90s craze around snowboarding when cool borders came out and every playstation magazine was saying it was the greatest thing ever and i remember playing it at her friends and thinking this is a bit it's a bit rubbish really but then i played strips deep slope sliders and i was like wow this is amazing <laughs> it's uh the demo is fantastic i mean you got the select you got a selection of borders uh and then you've got the course and the the the, the game is so fluid and so reactive. Um, it's made by Cave, who do the do a lot of the sh- shoot 'em ups, um, and uh, it's like they took that whole the whole the whole premise of a shoot 'em up is to be fluid and reactive, and you know, no latency. That's kind of how Steep Soak Sliders feels. Is that it's just so reactive. Just absolutely love the game, and that's another one that was like, yep, one I can, I'm buying that. I, I mean. That that was one that I never bought, but this demo actually prompted Sam to buy it. So we used to play it at his, and again, I just remember that was he had that one. The later releases, the Saturn games came in the plastic cases. I always yeah. remember that. I think that was one of the first plastic cases. That, cause I remember he got it. And I was like, it's a different case. <laughs> you know, it's, what's this? Where, where, where's the where's the shoddy cardboard that's going to fall off? You know. Um, but I, he, he bought that off the back of that demo and absolutely loved it. And that, that was kind of my exposure to the full game was, was obviously through him having that. So, aye, Steep Slow Sliders is a brilliant game. Absolutely brilliant. It's great. What you said about Cave taking what they learned from the kind of... It's still done patchy. And all those yeah, they do, yeah. That they did, That's it, you yeah. Know, so, maybe 
the positioning of the trees was meant to be their version of bullet hell on a <laughs> uh, on a snowboarding game because there were some rather trickily positioned trees in some of their tracks. But aye, that's a great game, mate. Yeah, it absolutely is. And uh, yeah, if that's the last Sega Saturn demo, this I think they kind of went out of a bang because that was a fantastic one. That Sleep So Sliders game, and the fact the music in that is fantastic. And I've got the full game now. I've had it for for years, but. Whenever I think of the music from Steep Soap Sliders, uh, I can only think of the music from that from that demo. That's the only one that sticks in my head, and it's it's a bit like um, it's a bit like the music that I was talking about earlier. In that, I don't really hear it in the game that often, like the Dragon Force one. I don't hear it in the game that often. The same with this Steep Soap Sliders track. But whenever I think of the game, it's that music from the demo that sticks with me. Um, but yeah. The Burning Rangers stuff, um, I think I remember watching that. I got to pick the game up a bit later. NBA Action, I think um, I think I wasn't too impressed with that one. Uh, the Panzer Dragoon Saga uh, rolling demo, um, I watched that a couple of times, but I think at this point we'd had a big dose of Panzer Dragoon Saga, the issue before. But I think before we get into the non-Sega Flash, this mate i think we'll take a, a nice little musical interlude as is the case and uh what what better track to to, to slide into than the uh the intro music from the sega flash demo disc so here we go you're listening to winterfest 2022 only on radio sega for our full programming schedule head to radiose.ga forward slash winterfest was the Sega Flash intro music. Might sound similar to the to the menu music that came along, along earlier, but oh, you can't beat some of that music, can you? Boom, 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 boom. 
I, I said it's just intrinsically tied to to Christmas memories and just Saturn memories in general. Just part of growing up with the Sega Saturn, mate. That's it. Yeah, it's right. It's oh, it's one of those. Uh, it's one of those nostalgic nerves, isn't it? That gets tickled. <laughs> it just unlocks that memory, and I think. And this is one of the reasons why I'm glad that we did this. We just talk so much about the games, and these games are so accessible now. You know, whether you're playing on an emulator or you and I have both got our ODEs, you've had the you've had the Fenrir for a couple of years now, and uh, it's it's crazy to think that we've got access to all these games. But uh, when you think back to how we how we first experienced them, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's kind of magical in that way. But we've covered off the official Sega demos, mate, but. Uh, and there will be a couple more Sega demos that we get to the end of, but there were a couple of un, unofficial demo discs, which are which I think were uh, very interesting. I um, and we're moving on to Saturn Power now. There, there wasn't many of them, um, and they were very third-party focused, as you would expect. Um, you know, Sega Saturn magazine being the official magazine having access directly to Sega. You know, Richard Ledbetter, Mister Digital Foundry making his trips to Japan and, and getting deals for a, a very big demo that we're going to speak about at the end of the show. Um, so, you know, Saturn Power didn't really have the access that SSM did, but there's still some pretty intriguing games on here, um, two of which never actually came to be. Yeah. <laughs> That's, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss those. Um, but there's certainly one that never came to be and one that, yeah, whether it came to be or not, I'm still not 100% sure if it's the case. <laughs> Let's talk about the headline one first of all, um, which is odd because it's April 1997, but Tomb Raider um, is... that. This was the first time I actually got to play Tomb Raider was via this demo disc, and this was another one where I played this demo over and over and over and over again because at the time, my £12 a week... Uh, paper around money didn't stretch to Tomb Raider, um, but yeah, I, I I loved it. Um, it was the second stage from memory, um, so uh, straight into the action on this. Well, not none of the intro from the first level, but uh, yeah, that was this was what sold Tomb Raider to me, and I wouldn't get Tomb Raider until later on when I got my Saturn chips in nineteen ninety eight and got the US version of all things. Was this the, the demo that had the, the section of the level where you went into the weak in a square water pool and went down? Yeah. Aye, you went underneath, pulled a lever, then go back at yourself up out of the wee room. Aye. That's it. <laughs> yep, yep. And I remember those water effects absolutely blowing you away at the time. Yeah. You know, the... It was just, just great with the, the colour changes and the, the ripple of the water, things like that, just great to see. Um Obviously, the other two demos on there playable were Blam Machine Head uh, and Swagman. Now, I have never played Swagman. Yeah, so Blam Machine Head, at the time, I absolutely loved that game. And this is another one that I played the demo a lot. I didn't actually get it until this year. <laughs> it's one of those games that um, I've always wanted, um, but I didn't want to pay that much money for. <laughs> so uh, it's one of those ones where I thought, well, I don't want to pay more than a tenner for it. Um it's it's hard as nails. It, it's really tough. Um, I used to be able to ace that demo, um, but now I can't even get past the first level on the, on the actual full <laughs> game. I was playing it recently, like the full, the full game. Um, 
but I think the setup with it is is crazy because you get the entire first part of that game. So you get the you get the intro um, with the uh, the Southern Belle heroine, so, and the doctor was really evil, <laughs> <laughs> and he's so he's the creepiest antagonist I've ever seen. He's like, okay, baby, now that you got control over me, and it's like, oh, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> And get the get the heebies even hear the impression. Yeah, it's like... it's, he's he's horrible. Um, and basically, he he he's what he's a scientist, and I think she's a scientist. And he ends up attacking her and strapping her to this this this, this the machine head, which is a, a a vehicle that's basically got machine guns and everything on it, but also has a nuclear bomb on it. So she fucks around, and he's going to blow her up. <laughs> and he sends her out into this wasteland. It's it's crazy, but at the time, you know, this was a fully three D open world. Uh, well, I say open world, but the levels were quite open. You could go around fulfilling the objectives, and you know, visually, yeah, it's got its flaws, but it's quite impressive that it's this fully fully three D environment that you can kind of just roam around, shoot things in. the The enemies are a little bit uninspired, but it's quite ahead of its time in the fact that it's got so many different objectives and how you go about, you know, uh, fulfilling them. So I thought at the time I loved that demo. Swagman, Swagman was another one that I did quite enjoy. Uh, I did play this demo recently, you know, in preparation for this episode, and it's it's a very odd one. It's a lot weirder than I remember. I remember it being basically Zelda in your pajamas. That's how I remembered it. <laughs> Put that in the box. <laughs> Zelda. Swag man. Four out of five. Zelda in your pajamas. <laughs> um, and it's a lot weirder than that because you're basically you're basically talking to your pets, your pet bug, who manifests as like some big wise man out of a treasure chest and then you go around collecting other bugs um it was really odd it play it varies that the, the the stage design the world design is very much you know the way the puzzles are very early on you get bombs to blow up a hole in the wall is very much zelda like you even your weapon is a it's a flashlight and you uh, and you get picked that up and you kind of swipe as if it's a sword and that's how you kill enemies. So it very much is it is it's Zelda in your pajamas, but <laughs> <laughs> but I, I again I, I quite enjoyed it. Now we talked about the two games that never made it to market. Swagman to this day, and I keep, it's one of these ones I really should check up on. I check on eBay and I see some listings for it, but I'm not sure if they're reproductions or not. I'm not 100% sure whether this game actually made it out into the wild. So never seen it in retail, no? Never saw it in retail. Um, and I think Saturn Power was first... first issue, this was obviously Saturn Power issue one, and that first it was cover dated June uh, 1997, so a little bit later in the Saturn's life. And... Um, Obviously, there's another game on here that came out that was on the demo disc, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I think we're getting to that point now where Saturn third-party support really started to dwindle in 1997, because the other game that we've got on here is the rolling demo of Fighting Force. Hi, which, as we've found out since, was actually pitched to Sega to be a potential 3D Streets of Rage game. 
Uh, it's unbelievable when you think of that. And you, you look at this rolling demo, and I don't think that it's actually a, a, a video. I think it's actually all done within within software, and this is it's just a rolling demo rather than an inter, than a movie, which is really cool. Um, the character designs are very different. Uh, Hawk is blonde, so I think he's still got some of his kind of Axel Stone design about him. Um, I remember this was another rolling demo slash video that I used to watch a lot because uh, I was actually quite excited about this. Um, but unfortunately, it never got to see the light of day. Um, I think, and we'll get onto the next disc as well, but I think this disc is important because of that. You know, we've got a game that never actually manifested itself into an official Saturn release. There's no prototype available on kind of Hidden Palace or anything as of yet, as of the time recording. But obviously that prototype exists. The version of this game was developed for the sake of Saturn and got quite far along by the looks of things. It's a fascinating piece of uh, piece of history there. I mean, someone had to have played it to record the footage. Exactly. So there's, there's, there must be, I mean, these look what's happened recently. This sacred pools that's just appeared out of nowhere that yep. someone's found now. It's not my cup of tea, sacred pools, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I think you know the premise of the fact that there, there's still people out there finding these kind of either completed and binned or partially completed like kind of projects. There's still hope that maybe one day on a dev kit somewhere that this fighting force demo shows up because as I said someone had to play it to make the footage and it does for all intents and purposes look as if as you said it did get pretty far on so I never know mate you know maybe yeah. before we turn 50 or something it might appear you know get ready for 40 years on <laughs> well it's like um, obviously the Castlevania one on Dreamcast was a huge one obviously yes, that's more recent but then we also had Super Star Wars and Sega Mega Drive appear last year, I think it was. Which, you know, someone's had that tucked around the back of the sofa for a, for a good 30-odd years. Aye. So, yeah. You know, you just got to hope that these things... I'm still holding out for VF4 on Dreamcast, mate. That's my... That's, <laughs> I'm still convinced it exists and nothing will tell me otherwise. VF4 on Dreamcast, VF3 on Saturn. That's the holy grail, isn't it? That's it, that's it, mate. We'll, 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 we'll cling on to that with your life. <laughs> it's, um, it's like an uh, no, endgame, don't give me hope. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't give me hope. <laughs> we, can, we can bring them all back. Hawk <laughs> Island, don't give me hope. <laughs> oh, but talking, about, we... talking about um, Saturn Power Discs, obviously there was a couple more. But the the other the next one was the uh, the Gremlin disc. Now the core disc, as I say, I loved Bland Machine Head, Tomb Raider, obvious quality there. Zelda in your pajamas, you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> um, the Gremlin disc was a little bit more of a mixed bag. So actual Soccer Club edition, um, I wasn't a big fan of that. I think by that point we had Worldwide Soccer, uh, we'd had FIFA '97, uh, and I think they were both games that were better than than actual soccer club edition the worst thing about this is that it only gets worse from here um but no no less intriguing hardcore 4x4 did you ever play that mate did not mate not one i've touched no um 
I actually owned Hardcore 4x4 before playing this demo. And uh, quite funny, quite funny that uh, obviously I'd get my paper round money on Saturday. I'm still getting the paper round money here. We're still in this era of uh, Mega Driver, <laughs> £12 a week paper money. You, you must have been the most prolific paper boy in bloody England at this point. <laughs> <laughs> the paper, I had it since... <laughs> a paper boy just thrown through the windows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mister Smith. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, sorry, that old girl on the head. Um, <laughs> so I used to go into Curry's um, when I got paid. Uh, usually with a couple of my mates, and uh, I remember going in there. Seeing if there was anything in kind of my twenty pound budget, I'd not, I might have some. I might have saved up two weeks worth of money, not spent it on crap. Um, so I have two weeks and I could buy, you know, a twenty pound game. I remember going in there and uh, couldn't find anything. At this point, this was this was ninety seven, and this was when the, the, the curry shelves were dwindling. I've gone in there. I was like, Knights have got that. Virtual Fight Two have got that. Segarelli got that. Pants Dragoons Fire got that. Um, what else we got? Hardcore 4x4 for 99p. <laughs> so, so I've gone over to the, the shop assistant. I've gone, excuse me, is that price right? And he's gone, well, it's on there, isn't it? It must be. So, you know, I've got I've got 20, 20 quid in my back burner. Just went, all right. Took five of them. LAUGHTER <laughs> Uh, pay, pay, paid my four pound ninety five, and off, <laughs> off I went. <laughs> uh, it was it was not a good game. Um, they, when I played the, when I saw this on the desk afterwards, it was kind of like, oh no. Um, uh, <laughs> I think I took I took three over to to cash converters and traded them in for something else, uh, and then I took the other two. My two remaining ones. I didn't keep a single one for myself. I took them both to CEX in the Rathbone Place in London uh, and traded them. I think I got eight quid each for them trading, which was I was like, wow. <laughs> Suppose I've been back to try and get the rest of that bloody quid. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The, the the timeline between we going to a CEX was is like a good year later though. Um, I don't know why I kept two copies for so long, but yeah, <laughs> if only I knew, mate, I would have kept them. But um, it's one of those ones where I've got absolutely no desire to play that game ever again. The the game was poor and uh, unfortunately that, that demo was pretty poor as well. So the quality is not great on those. But, but what was interesting, and again, possibly worse than Hardcore 4x4 playing it lately, but much more culturally significant to the sake of Saturn is reloaded. I mean, I enjoyed the first loaded game on the Saturn. Um, it's interesting that I, and I've never played the Gremlin demo disc, so you sent me a screenshot earlier on of you know the Fighting Force demo and obviously the, the reloaded. And even in that small kind of screenshot, reloaded doesn't look that great so i mean you said it didn't run that great either it's it's heartbreaking really because i'm like you mate i played reloaded um and fell in love with it almost instantly you know it's very very much of that kind of chaos engine kind of kind of ilk 
very fast, very fluid, very advanced for the sake of Saturn at the time because it had the lighting effects, which were everyone saying that Saturn can't do this kind of gore chide, can't do these lighting effects, and here was loaded, looking almost one to one with the PlayStation version, um, and playing so well. Uh, I absolutely adore that game, so I was I was so excited for Reloaded, and then I played this demo, and from the very first seconds that the game loads, you're just hit with slowdown. Uh, it chugs something awful. Um, then you set off your smart pump, and I swear the the frame rate must go to single digits. It's it's that bad, uh, and it's 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 terrible. Um, now at the time, the PlayStation version I think was just about to come out. I think it was it was fairly typical for Sega Saturn games to be developed after the PlayStation versions, and the Sega the Sega the, sorry the Sony PlayStation version was getting kind of mixed reviews obviously loaded one got pretty good reviews but reloaded wasn't getting great reviews and this sega saturn port was <laughs> for all intents and purposes even worse um i mean this demo disc is significant because obviously reloaded never saw the light of day in the end um and it's again fascinating that the only way to play Reloaded isn't via any lost, uh, you know, preview disc or anything anywhere. Yeah, there's nothing on Hidden Palace again. There's no prototype on there or Alpha or Beta. You've only got this Gremlin disc. Um, so it's massively significant in that way. And, you know, I know, you know, Dean Mortlock, uh, editor for Saturn Power, I think at the time, especially at the end of the magazine's life and his demise, he was saying, you know, bemoaning the fact that obviously not being a Sega Saturn, official Sega Saturn magazine, they couldn't get the big marquee Sega, official Sega demos. But I think what he achieved um, in a way is kind of more historically significant for the Sega Saturn because he's got footage and a playable demo of games that never saw the light of day on the system and at the moment are the only real playable on hardware versions of those games. So as bad as that gremlin disc is and as bad as reloaded was you've got to admire the fact that it, it does something that we don't often see in the sake of saturn and something that is kind of a something that's been lost to time i he's pretty much managed to obtain you know footage and a playable demo of games that never ever came to be so as you said they're not a hidden palace you obviously you can possibly download the the roms or rips of the actual you know, demo discs themselves to try them on an ODE, yeah. but the only proof that these games ever actually existed is, is on these demo discs, you know. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, well, they're not great games, you know, the kind of historical kind of relevance to them can't be understated, you know, so no, fair play to them. Yeah, absolutely. But, but one game which I don't think anyone can question the, uh, the quality of, um, was with their fifth issue of, of Saturn Power, and that was uh, Wipeout 2097. Yeah, I mean, that that's a, speaks for itself, it's a port, we've, we've mentioned obviously that, you know, um, if we're looking back at it, I'm sure it was a, it was a video demo, yeah, it was a video demo on, on Flash 5 of, of yeah. Wipeout 297, so um, the the official Sega Saturn magazine never ever got a playable demo of, of 2097, but yet Saturn Power managed to obviously get that one over the line. And again, we've we've championed the Saturn version of 2097. It's 
yeah, it's a wee bit slower frame rate wise. Yeah, it doesn't have the kind of fancy, you know, light trails at the back of the ships. We all know about the transparencies, but you put that 3D controller in, mate, and, you know, 097 on the Saturn is absolutely brilliant to play. Um, an absolute ton of fun. So, yeah, that, that's a great demo. That's a, that's a great get for Saturn Power, that one. It really is. The, the, as you say, mate, you put the 3D controller in that game, absolutely sings. I think it really does show Saturn Power, you know, because Core Design, Gremlin Interactive, and Signosis, what they all have in common, they're all British software houses. So uh, you can imagine Dean twisting the arms of his friends in the industry to try and get these demo discs out there. I think it, I think he did a cracking cracking job overall. Obviously, Saturn Power only lasted nine issues um, because of how the Saturn was doing in the end, and obviously Aye. the you know, battling SSM, which, you know, that was a juggernaut itself in the Saturn world. Um, but those three discs, you know, obviously the the quality, especially on the Demon Gremlin disc is mixed, but going out with Wipeout 297, a fantastic way to go. Right. Blowing, blowing game. Um, but we've touched on demo discs, mate. There's a, there's a couple of, they're still demos, but, it almost feels like a disservice to call them demos, doesn't it? Yeah, the, the last two kind of big hitters we're going to talk about, obviously, um, you know, again, you said they call them demos, but the amount of content that's in this, <laughs> to call them demos is kind of a bit of a disservice. It's a bit embarrassing, actually. I mean, obviously, <laughs> the, the first one is one which you still play every year as a, as a kind of a festive, you know, it's, it's a must-do. It's just on your kind of your schedule, and that's obviously Christmas nights to, to count down to Christmas. That's your very own Sega Saturn family advent calendar. You know, yeah, absolutely <laughs> is every year without fail. Christmas nights has got to go on, and you know it kind of works like an advent calendar when you're unlocking everything, matching your presents and everything, and unlocking unlocking the weird karaoke mode and little little CG renders and everything. Uh, Obviously, the ultimate goal is to unlock the really weird and buggy Sonic the Hedgehog into Dreams mode. <laughs> but, you know, is it a demo or is it a full game? Because, you know, you've got, yeah, you've only got the two stages on there. Um, but you have got both characters. You have got a load of unlockables, which is going to take a significant amount of time to, to get through. And... Uh, God, it's 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 chock full of content. It's interesting enough that the Japanese version is in a proper full on jewel case as if it's a yep. a, a full on release. Um they, bu- they bundled a console with it. There's actually they you've got it. Yeah, I've got I've got the, got box. the box, yeah. Aye, aye, aye. So that that says all that they actually packaged a full console up. Lovely kind of the they've kind of printed the, the ribbon, the Christmas ribbon on it to make it look like a, a wrap present, you know, and it's bundled with Christmas nights. So aye. Um tons of stuff in it um, and again just a, a great twist on an already classic game it is and yeah you you that that satin box you kind of slide the the model 2 box out from the sleeve that's the Christmas nights ribbon box but then you pop open the top and Christmas nights is sitting there at the very top of it uh, it's it's lovely stuff obviously that's not how I first got to play Christmas nights it's the way I got to play it was very much as we mentioned earlier, um, I went into Curry's, and it was Curry's in Watford actually, where I actually bought my Sega Saturn. But it wasn't when I got my Sega Saturn; I must have gone in there for something else. Went in there and just saw stacks and stacks of these Sega Saturn 
Christmas Nights into Dreams in the little cardboard sleeve. That's right, the um, sleeve, yep. And uh, ended up picking up two of them. Uh, I don't know why I picked up two. Don't know. I could have taken more. I could have just been a normal person and took one. But for some reason, I took two. Um, why not, mate? <laughs> I think of how many of those probably went in a bin. That's oh, a sad dear, thing. no. Oh, and the amount of money they go for now is it's shocking. But um, yeah, it was another one where it's like, is this free? Is this free? I'll take I'll take a couple of those. That was for me. It was the electronics boutique and City Centre. Centre. They had a table outside and just and again, like you said, it was piles of them and just a wee sign that said "Take one." And I'm like, no, oh, Christmas <laughs> verse. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy to think that they were giving them away like that. But it also came out with uh, Sega Saturn magazine in December 1997. So obviously, there there were still people that. There was still a demand for that game then, back then. So, uh, but rightly so. I mean, the thing with Christmas Nights is it's not kind of a demo that you can you you pick up the full game and you think, well, I don't need to play this anymore. Like uh, the Sega Flash with Sega Rally on it. You know, you're not going to go back to that Sega Rally demo once you've got the full game. Aye. But with Christmas Nights, the full game doesn't really have. Mm, much if any other content in Christmas Nights into Dreams. You've Aye. only got the Clarice uh, course, um, and even that is you know rendered differently because you've got all the very fe- the festive textures, festive backgrounds, etc., like that. So, for all intents and purposes, mate, it's a, it's a spin off game rather than a demo. Oh, that's the best way to describe it, mate. A spin off, totally. It's, it's unique in its own way, as you say. It's not as if there's anything in Nights itself that you can go. All right, I'll just set that on the shelf. There's, li- there's literally a reason to play it. You know, you, you dig it out at Christmas, and it's one I'm actually going to use um, this year. I'm going to see if my wee one wants to, because she's kind of, as I said, she likes to come in and go, Daddy, I want to play Sega. <laughs> so, you know, um, loves, loves it to go on Sonic on the Mega Drive and stuff like that. So I think this year, given that she's, you know, with four and a half at that point, I think it might be time to, to introduce it to Christmas nights. Oh, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, and it's, it, again, it's so significant that even in the modern day releases, whether it's Steam, PlayStation, or Xbox, they've all got the Christmas nights extra content in there as well. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah, calling it a demo is almost a disservice. It's absolutely a disservice. It's, 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 it's its own game. It's almost a spin off. Um, but then calling this, calling it a demo, calling a demo a disservice applies to the next one as well because it's not so much a demo as it is the entire first disc of a game. Richard Ledbetter, I don't know how you pulled this off, mate, but um, to get the entire first disc of Panzer Dragoon Saga on the front cover of Sega Saturn magazine, um, still remember getting that issue, still remember putting it in, loading it up, you know, hearing that intro music, hearing that, that title screen music, Behold the Precious Wings, um, within 15 minutes of playing that, I went on Gameplay.com pre-ordered it. Well, I need to have the rest of this. Um, just probably, of all the demo discs that generation on both Saturn and PlayStation, I think that, that remains just, that, that's the winner. To get the entire first disc of a game to get Sega to take a punt on that, you know, and actually just allow, you know, a quarter of the game 
wanted to go free on the yeah. cover of a magazine is is crazy. But what a demo disc! I mean, demo disc. It's the first disc a full retail game. You know, it just it's not a demo disc. It's it's, it's the not. first. Because there's there's been people as well. I, I remember like a long while ago, um, before I went on my own kind of Twitter hiatus, and I was talking about you know like Panzer Dragoon Saga and that disc, and there was people saying. All oh, right, but I mean, it wasn't the full first disc, and I'm going, no, it, it was, <laughs> no, it really was. It was the full, like as if you just opened up a box in a shop and went, "I'll take this, mate," and went up the road with the first disc. It's, it, it was exactly, you know, black disc, purple logo, disc one at the bottom. It was the full retail version, disc one. Absolute madness. Yeah, I cannot think that there is a single difference between that and the actual retail disc. Uh, I'm trying to think of the dates. I think it may have been a couple of months apart. I remember after playing that demo disc, the wait was absolutely agonizing to play it because you just, you know, you, the, the, the first disc, whether they intended it that way or not, I think I think the game might have already been out in Japan at that point. I think it was, eh? Um, but it felt manufactured that they'd that it'd end with that climactic battle at the end of the first disc with, uh, with Ezel. Um, against on top of her dragon, and you know it was a cliffhanger effectively. And he was just, like, oh, I don't need to know what's next. What's coming <laughs> next? What happens? <laughs> oh, when, when does this come out? It's it's madness to think that there's more of those discs than there were copies of Pantagoon Saga sold because every single Saturn owner I can imagine who played that must have wanted to to buy the game and say so it just didn't make enough. I've heard the numbers were as low as 5,000. I don't know what the actual number was that that was ever put into circulation in the UK, but I mean, I've heard 5,000 mentioned, which would be absolutely crazy because it was so easy to get a hold of. You know, literally, I paid 38.99 on Gameplay.com for it. I remember pre-ordering it. I remember it came, as Gameplay's orders did, it came the day before release. And the PAL version is beautiful. You know, we've all seen people that have got copies that that slip case, the two DVD style cases with the, there's not an actual game description on the back. You flip it around. Each of them has got unique kind of hand drawn artwork yeah. on them. Um, the American version of that, that is, I don't know why the American version goes for more than the PAL version because the American um, box and the artwork is, is really poor. You get like little, cardboard or whatever it's holders inside with a little thing you hold a little foam bar to hold it in place it just the whole package is so poor compared to the PAL one the PAL set's absolutely stunning um, yeah. I said just hope whoever's, whoever bought mine back in 2008 better be bloody looking after it that's all I can say <laughs> yeah, I actually had mine out earlier it was put it's put back on the shelf now ah, but it's, it's a beautiful set it's absolutely gorgeous and yeah I've got the Japanese version as well and uh, it's one of these ones where the PAL version is is definitely better, especially with the two individual slip cases that you pull out with the artwork on the back. Absolutely gorgeous stuff. Um, I think when you think about the circulation of Sega Saturn magazine, I think even in even at the end of its life, it was around thirty two thousand, um, and Sega only manufactured what between five and twelve thousand Panzergoon copies. As I say, I think everyone that played that demo this must have wanted to play Panzergoon Saga, and there just wasn't the supply to meet that demand. So, I think the reason why the Japan, the American version goes is because I think that's rarer. I've got a feeling that it's rarer, uh, or at least because you know there's a 
It's hard to say whether there's a wide, larger Japanese Sega Saturn audience in America because I don't think it sold well there at, at all. But I think that's part of the reason why why it's rarer. But yeah, mate, that that first disc was just transformative, and uh, yeah, same as you, mate. I had to I had to get the game. I didn't pre-order it. But I went to went to game. Everyone knows that story now. Went to game to get my copy. Um, but my friend bought it. Long story short, broke my ending, gets to play it two years later. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but no, uh, what a way to round off the, the Sega Saturn experience, you know, to, to go out with a bang like that, you know, just um, almost kind of going out with the same kind of bang at which it arrived. But by that point, unfortunately, the bittersweet truth of, of what was unfolding was plain for all to see but here mate we wouldn't do it any other way we really wouldn't mate so we've been through all the PAL demo CDs teasers samplers first discs what was your absolute favourite out of those my favourite and I'm still going to go back to uh, I still have to go for the bootleg sampler um, just because I also used to put that in my CD player because I could listen to Ignition from Sega Rally on it. So <laughs> it, it, it doubled as a as a kind of audio CD for me as well there. Um, and again, just it was a you'd never heard game music of that quality. You know, again, you come for the Amiga, you go into the Sega Saturn, you're going from you know sixteen bit kind of normal kind of what you would expect to hear in the kind of Mega Drive style audio to go to this CD quality. It's just so much more kind of almost like TV movie kind of style music, the clarity, everything about it, instrumental. So I just, I think because Sega Rally is my favourite game ever, getting to, to play that and being totally blown away by it and then having it double up as a CD, just the ignition is just ingrained in there. Um, as much as Condition Reflex is my favourite track from Sega Rally, Ignition again, like the bootleg sampler kind of menu screen I mentioned, like Sega Flash Volume 3's intro music and the menu music, they're just kind of ingrained in there, so it's it's bootleg sampler for me, mate. What about yourself? Beautiful stuff, mate, beautiful stuff. For me, it's hard, it's hard to pick one, but Sega Flash Volume 1 comes very close, um, but that's Volume 5, Sega Flash demo, um, because not only did I play a diehard arcade uh, and Sonic 3D so so much, but the videos of you know Risen Evil um, and the others on there, um, I watched so much. You know the the last Bronx video, the the Wipeout video, Dragon Force as I mentioned, watched that over and over again. Even Sega Touring Car, um, I watched that over and over again, and obviously. Sega Flash Volume 1, there's a lot of nostalgia there. And Baku Baku, Panzer Gunsvai drove me to buy those two games. Um, but then Sega Flash Volume 1, Volume 5 drove me to buy even more games. <laughs> and, and that uh, was the purpose of them. <laughs> that was the purpose of it. And we're, we're talking we're talking late 1997 at this point, uh, maybe even early 98, when the Saturn really was, you know, after Bernie Stolar's, comments and you, you know the 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 the, the writing was on the wall almost but you know even playing that i was thinking that the future was bright for this console it's it's you know i was still absolutely enamored with it and that solidified it so yeah that 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 disc is always going to be very special man of course the sonic jam oddity with all the 
at the time weird and wonderful Japanese artwork was just oh this is different so that's my pick mate that's my pick good stuff mate honestly they're just they are they're ingrained I think if you if you if you grew up with the system you know if you were you know if it was part of your daily life, whenever it was Sega's main console, these demo discs were essential um, and they really were a window into the future. And at that point, up until, I mean, even up until you were getting to like seeing Last Bronx and VF3 and Sega Touring Cars rolling demos, even then, despite what you were hearing, despite the rumours about the Saturn kind of failing and all that kind of stuff, you still had that, that hope that, you know, where, where this console is going, it's still the platform to be on. Well, we know it's still the platform to be on because. <laughs> oh, but that's it, though, isn't it? Uh, and I know we said this before, and people that get into the console now, you know, love that people are loving the console now. People that, you know, criticize it, that didn't play it back in the day, I don't think that they'll ever understand the, the love, the anticipation. And the whole the hope that came out of you know seeing these demos, playing these games, uh, and just thinking that this this little black box was capable of so much, and at no point was I thinking of picking up any other console. That was that was what I felt from owning the Saturn, from buying Sega Saturn magazine, Saturn Power, and playing these demo discs. And uh, yeah, that it was truly a magical time, mate. Absolutely magical. Uh-huh. Aye, you hit the nail on the head there, mate. You know, it's as great people are coming to the system now that people are maybe giving it more of a, a chance. Um, wish they'd done it at the time, you know, and, and kind of giving it the light of day that it deserves. So it's kind of bittersweet. But at the same time, as as much as people can put their hand in their pockets and pull it wads of cash and buy Panzer Dragoon Saga now and set it on their shelf and whatever other games they want to buy, um, Sega Lord X has that very famous clip that I like to to use, you know, over and over again. If you if you'll never know the joy of you know playing Panzer Dragoon in 1995, you'll never know the joy of seeing Virtual Fighter 2 running on your console just months later. You'll never know the the joy of of you know seeing Sega Rally for the first time for putting a four meg RAM cartridge from Japan in your system and seeing X Men versus Street Fighter running the way it does. These are all moments that are along with these demo discs and that word you used hope that this system wasn't going to fail that this is what it was capable of and you know money can't buy that mate that's up there it is mate and that's uh, i think a great place to leave it obviously we've only covered the power demo discs obviously there's american ones there are Japanese ones around 40 i think there's some ludicrous <laughs> number of sega flash japanese demo discs very collectible but hey we've gone through the power ones tell us what your favorites are what's your favorite power demo disc what's your favorite japanese demo disc what's your favorite american demo disc please get in touch with us you can catch us at sega guys you can catch me at swooper underscore d you can catch james at the Holic. we'd love to hear from you for those on radio sega enjoy the rest of winterfest and we will see you on the sega side sega